Hey, food bloggers. What is up today? I hope you are having a great day. Welcome to Eat Blog Talk. I am your host, Megan Porta, and you are listening to episode number 260 with my friend Lauren from the Align and Expand podcast. We decided to do this series together about getting out of your comfort zone and the benefits of doing so in different areas of your life and your business. So first of all, I hope you have listened to parts one and two. If you haven't, go do that. They're in both of our archives. And I really hope you enjoy this episode. Inside of this one, we are going to talk specifically about getting outside your comfort zone in the realm of getting blog traction and learning new skills that will help you in your business. It is such a great conversation, and I'm just going to let you get right to it. So enjoy and have a wonderful day. Hey, Lauren, I'm super excited to chat more about comfort zones. This is going to be a fun chat about uh, blog traction and new skills. So this is episode three of four that we're doing together. Yes, Megan, I'm very excited to continue our conversation. Yeah, the first two were amazing. So if you guys have not listened to the first two in the series, definitely go back and do that. We just give a general overview of what we're even talking about with going past your comfort zone. And then in the second one, we talk about one of my favorite things to talk about, which is money. And that one's really fun and full of good stuff. So um, go do that and then come back and listen here. And we're going to dig into ways to extend past your comfort zone so that you can get more blog traction and acquire new skills. And just a reminder that the ultimate objective here is to grow because discomfort equals growth. As much as we probably don't want to hear that, it is the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Getting comfortable being uncomfortable. (laughs) So yeah, I guess we can just start, Lauren, by having a conversation about this. So in relation to blog traction, I know that a lot of my audience is going to be interested in the side of it, and your audience might not necessarily be interested in the blog side, but this can really apply to any business, I think, because we're going to talk about acquiring new skills too. Um, so what are some ways do you think that we can bounce out of our comfort zones in relation to this topic? So just in general, like getting traction with our businesses and um, yeah, finding like whatever it is that we're looking for, whether it's numbers or growth or like extending ourselves onto new platforms, et cetera. Yeah. Well, I think it's really important to remember that as we talked about in our first two episodes, that comfort zones are really when we are comfortable, obviously. And it's just this space that we live in and we go about it very automatic and very unconsciously. And, you know, if you think about even if you're not thinking about blogging or whatever you're doing at the moment for your business, if you think about other jobs that you've had in the past, you really, after you know six or so months, get into the routine of things where you don't have to think about it. You know, for example, I'm a I'm a registered nurse, and when I was in nursing school and I was learning how to do a skill, I would it would take me so long, to, you know. <laughs> do a st- open a sterile package. And and then f- 15 years in, I didn't have to think about that. Your brain um, goes into autopilot. And so you do get into these comfort zones, even when it comes to how you perform in your work. And the reason you may want to come out of your comfort zone is again, if you're starting to yearn for more, if there's something that you're wanting out of your blog or your business or whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, if there's something you want more, you're going to have to get out of your comfort zone. 
I like that frame, just like framing it like that. Like, are you yearning for more? Because I think a lot of us can answer that as like a big, huge yes. Um, especially when it comes to getting traction with our businesses. I hear so much frustration in the food blogging industry with that. Like, why aren't I gaining traction? Why don't I have more followers? So I think a lot of people are going to say yes to that question. So how do we start doing that with just getting traction with our businesses? How do we answer the yes, yes, I want more, and then start to dig into it? Well, I think as you were saying that, one of the things that really came off in my head is that not only do we have to get comfortable getting out of our comfort zones, I think that within the blogging sphere, we have to get comfortable getting out of the comfort zone of other bloggers because the reality is what worked three years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago in blogging doesn't work today. It's a very different scene. And so we have to get comfortable experimenting and trying other things within blogging if you're not seeing traction. You know, like I think a lot of the times we fall into this path where okay, I'm going to get this amount of traffic and this amount of time and I'm going to do it by posting this amount of times a month. And you think that that's the framework that needs to be there based off of history, basically the comfort zone <laughs> yeah. of others. Yeah, yeah. And and you have to maybe take a step back and realize that blogging may be a little bit more of a trial and error, you know, kind of thing right now where you're hearing people creating success in other ways other than just posting three times a week or, you know, three times a month or whatever it is. You're hearing people get success with trying things like uh, Google Stories or through Facebook. It's really kind of a whole different ball game where not one roadmap works for everyone. And so you really have to be open trying new things. And what worked then, and when I say that, I mean like before five years ago, isn't necessarily working now. And this is one of the reasons why I love getting groups of people together who are like on all parts of the spectrum as far as experience because of that, because there can be a brand new blogger who's been doing it for a year and they dug into web stories and they're crushing it. Or it could be another platform that an quote, older blogger doesn't know about. So I feel like so many people look for um, ways that they can connect with like the more experienced bloggers, but I don't think that's a good strategy right now. I mean, not saying that the experienced bloggers don't bring something to the table because obviously they do, but I think there's so much value in creating circles of all experience levels in order to gain that traction. And that can be uncomfortable too, because as a more experienced blogger myself, I have to understand that I am learning more from people who have been blogging for one to four years than what I have in my own database. So that's uncomfortable. That's a huge ask of people, I think, who have more experience. It's like a humbling thing. Like you've got to step down a little bit. And in order to grow, you have to be willing to let all information into your brain. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And it really brings me back to other jobs that I've been in again. You know, when you work in a hospital, if anybody's ever worked in a hospital, the kind of like, when I forget the name of the mentality of, oh, eating your young, like that, that those people who are the senior at the top of the thing, and if they've been doing it forever, they kind of like eat their young. I'm not saying that's what happens in the <laughs> blogger world, but that's kind of what came and it would be what 
I thought of is that it would be so humbling for someone that has been doing it, been a nurse for 20 years, have to learn something that a nurse that's only been there for a year. And so I think that's a really awesome point to point out that it, even if you've been doing it for a long time, you may have to, it's almost like a reverse comfort zone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, even though you have success from other things, you could expand your comfort zone from the success you already have and have like exponential success from learning from people who are in this space right now starting out. Because there are so many parts of blogging alone. And really, I mean, you can insert any business there because I feel like being an entrepreneur is so multifaceted and complicated. So really, you could insert anything, but there are so many pieces of it and they're constantly emerging. So yeah, there are going to be people who latch on to certain parts because we can't do it all. And we just have to accept this and get uncomfortable with going into circles knowing that like just because I've been a blogger for 11 years, that means nothing. I can learn so much from people. So setting down our pride and stepping into a conference or um, a group or a forum or anywhere and just knowing that you have as much to learn as anyone, I think is like one of the most uncomfortable things we can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And as you said that, I have caught myself doing that, even blogging for two years, I've caught myself doing that recently, where I've, you know, somebody may be sharing something. I'm like, I already know that, you know, and and that's <laughs> yeah. when you say, I already know that you've, you're cutting off the chance to learn something new, even, you know, there's always a chance to learn something new. And and it's not a good mindset to be in. It's not a growth mindset. It's not, it's not going to allow you to expand. And I've, I've even caught myself doing that recently, where I have had to try and reframe that. <laughs> even if I think, yeah, that. I mean, I, th- I think we all do, because we will nail a part of it. And we'll be like, yes, I get this. But what we don't understand is that things are always evolving. Like even just taking web stories, for example, like let's say I dig into web stories and I really understand it. And then like a month later, someone's telling me how to do a web story and I'm not aware of some new part of it that was just released. Things are always changing. So um, I never pretend to know. And I've done that in the past too. Like, oh yeah, I've been blogging for a really long time. Like I, I know that, but I don't. I'm just like, I try to enter every conversation now with the spirit of like, I know nothing. What do you have to teach me? Because so many times that has happened to me too, where I'm like, oops, I have stuff to learn too. I shouldn't enter a conversation just assuming that I know things just because I've been doing this a long time. Yeah, that's a good point. And just having the mentality of like, unless you're excelling at it, you probably can't say that you know it. And for me, I can be like, yeah, I know web stories, but the reality, and I do feel like I know everything I'm supposed to do and everything everybody says, but yet I've never had a web story take off. (laughs) So something, you know what I mean? So in my head, I'm like, yeah, I know, I know, I know I'm doing that, but something's still missing, you know, something's still not connecting and still being open to that, even though you feel like you know everything, but unless you're honestly seeing the results, because I hear that a lot in people that I work with or that talk to me about their limiting beliefs or things that are holding them back. Like, I know what to do. Well, the reality is if you know what to do or you know, if you know it, then it would be happening. And so maybe there's just a little tiny piece missing that just would connect everything together. So discomfort, I think in this realm is like just setting down all of your notions that you have about everything you know and just allowing information in 
And allowing yourself to be wrong and not assuming that you are right or that you have all the answers. I think that is kind of what we're coming to is like number one for getting uncomfortable with getting blog traction. It's just setting your pride aside. Okay, I also wanted to get your thoughts on putting ourselves out there uh, by creating new content, maybe like content that goes beyond our comfort zone. The thing that came to my mind was video. I know a lot of people are really hesitant to create video because they have to put their faces in front of it sometimes and their voices. Um, so what are some other things that people can do to just like put themselves out there more? Yeah, I definitely had video on there, but I actually had it. Well, I I look at that in two pieces. And I think that for someone to decide how they should put themselves out there more is they first need to decide what they're trying to grow in their business. Like, what is it? What's your goal that you're trying to create this year or this quarter? And what piece of that puzzle do you think that you need, need to get you there to that goal? And then maybe decide which challenge you're going to take on. And maybe that's video for you and video meaning that you're going to show up on a reel and show your face or you're going to talk to your audience. You're getting on stories and showing your face. Uh, But also video for me, video is becoming such a huge piece of the actual blogging part where, you know, videoing your recipes, that seems extremely intimidating to me and something I still haven't ventured into. So even that could be a new skill that you're venturing into and having to start from a beginner because you may be a really excelled photographer or work, you know, for me, I work, that is my job as a freelance photographer, but video, I know that I would start at the very bottom, you know, that, that's yeah. All. And I think a lot of people are in line with that because it is real. it's hard to do video. First of all, it's not something that's super intuitive to a lot of us. So even if you're not putting your face on video, it's still a challenge and, just putting your work out into the world, period, I think is like really daunting. And like, I remember the first few videos that I recorded and edited, I felt intimidated just setting it free. And I was worried that people were going to judge it. It wasn't good enough. Um, And all of those things that we have, those kind of imposter thoughts that we have. So it is really scary. Video is a scary thing. And that is a common theme that I hear throughout not just the food blogging world, but overall, like entrepreneurial, a lot of people say that. Mm -hmm. And really even just learning, you know, new, a new social platform that can be just as intimidating, especially if, I mean, I still don't even know Facebook and that's, that's not even a new one. And so then we have all these other ones that are coming out and to think you could come into it with, in a comfort zone mentality of, oh, why do I need to learn another social platform? What's that going to do for my business? You could have that kind of thought process, or you can go into it and think, okay, I'm going to try something new because I'm wanting different results. And I'm going to try and start using this platform. And I'm open to learning everything that there is to about it. And I liked what you said before, Lauren, about knowing what your goals are, because I think without that, none of this really matters because you could dive into all of it and just be like, well, Lauren and Megan told me that I need to extend past my comfort zone. So I'm going to dive into video, but none of this really matters unless you know what your goals are. I completely agree with that. Clarity is going to create a lot of room for you to grow and really create traction on what it is that you're wanting to create with your blog instead of aimlessly just throwing stuff, you know, at the wall and hoping that it sticks and works. 
Yeah. So I always say like, figure out your why, know your why, be really in tune with it, feel that emotion and then get really clear. Like you said, clarity is going to really help you focus. And then one other thought I had as you were talking about social platforms was um, another way to get uncomfortable with just any platform overall is to start writing more about either yourself or writing in a different way because we all get used to writing in a certain way and that gets really comfortable. So maybe um, like extending yourself and putting something personal up or maybe if that's all you do is write about personal stuff, doing the opposite and writing like a tutorial or something. So just looking at what you do, what's kind of ingrained and trying it, just experimenting with the opposite. Yeah, that's a really, really good idea. Something that you said along the lines of stepping out and taking on more things. You know, I think one of the things that you, you do really well is, as I watch from the sidelines is that you show up in a lot of different places. And one of the things with comfort zones that we talked about earlier is that when we are in our comfort zones, we are in the comfort zones based off of our current mindset and our belief framework that we have. And so if we have this mindset and belief framework that we don't have enough time already, you're, you're going to already feel like you don't have enough time to step into another another social platform. So being really aware of the comfort zone that you've created around the habits that you have and the thoughts that you have around um, how you feel about your time with your business. Because if you don't feel like you have time in your business already, even learning or thinking about venturing into another social platform would automatically make you feel super overwhelmed, but it could stem from the mindset and belief framework that you already have around your habits that have been in place for a while. Uh, this topic is so dear to my heart. I I know <laughs> I used to do this all the time. I'd say that exact thing that you're saying, like, I don't have time for fill in the blank. And now in retrospect, I'm like, that actually meant that I'm not prioritizing fill in the blank. So if we can reframe it like that, like if you know there's something that you should be doing that's uncomfortable, you're probably going to label it like that. Like I don't have time for it. I'll do it next quarter. So just to look at that, like put it in your hand and hold it and look at it and figure out what that means. Are you doing it really because you don't have time for it or are you not prioritizing it because it's really uncomfortable? So I think maybe that's like where we start with all of this. Like what is the real issue do you not have time um, for th these things or do you just not want to do them? Before you reply, Lauren, I just want to take a really quick break here so that we can talk about a few things going on at eBlog Talk and then we will dive right back into our conversation. First, I would just love to put this request out there. If you are willing to go to Apple Podcasts. I'm assuming that a lot of you listen to this podcast through that podcast player or whatever podcast player you listen through. Go to the podcast player of your choice and find Eat Blog Talk. I'm sure you're probably already on there. So if you're not driving, go ahead and do that. Scroll down to the bottom where you will see places where you can rate and review this podcast. If you would do that, I would be so grateful. Thank you to those of you who have done it. I really appreciate your kind words. Doing this simple act adds so much value to this podcast. Other people come and they look at those reviews and they take those words in. So I really appreciate you doing this. One more quick thing and we can dive back into the episode. 
As of the time I'm recording this, there are a couple spots left in the eBlog Talk Mastermind program. I am closing this group down at the end of the year. So December 31st, 2021 will be the last day that you can apply to get inside this group. We likely will open up another mastermind group in the future, but there are no set plans for that currently. I want to fill this group and get the value rolling even more than it already is. It's so powerful inside. So if you're interested, go to eblogtalk.com, fill out an application, get on the wait list, and I hope you're a great fit. I hope to see you inside. Thank you. And now we can get back to the episode. Mm-hmm. Right. Like what kind of habits do you have? Are you, and what kind of dedication do you have? Or are you allowing yourself to have for the goal that you're going after? And I think a lot of the time, we I've said I say it a lot that your thoughts create reality. And time is actually not linear. While we perceive it as linear, because we use clocks, it's actually not a linear thing. And we have all the time in the world that we need it's about like what you're saying, making it a priority and changing the thoughts around that. When I realized that I was doing that all of the time, saying that in my head, oh, I don't have time to make this happen. When I stopped saying that, I stopped feeling that way. (laughs) I no longer felt. Now, occasionally, occasionally when like things ramp up or projects are a little bit Uh, bigger than what I'm used to, I will start to feel it. And then I catch myself and then I let go of that thought. And when you let go of that thought, that feeling and that reality also goes away because you are not creating that with your thoughts. Oh, that's so deep. I love that. I think that there's so much power in what you just said. And something to touch on that you said earlier when you were like, you show up, that is a, like, that is something I've written scripted into my mind. And um, I didn't even have this in my notes or anything, but something that I do, I set for my own life, I guess, is that I do uncomfortable things. And I tell myself that like, if I'm facing a situation like speaking or I don't, speaking does not come naturally to me. If I'm really scared leading up to it, I say that to myself. I say, Megan, you do uncomfortable things. You show up even when it's scary and you do it because you know you need to. So if we write those scripts, whatever they are into our heads, like you're saying, like they just become um, ingrained, like they're habits and there's no other option. I know I show up and I know I do things that are scary and hard because I know I should do them. So just like rewriting those things that we need to in order to make sure we're showing up. Right. And that's so powerful. And I love that you do that because it would, would have been probably so easy for you to just say, I I'm not good at speaking. I can't do that. And that, and that's, I hear it a lot or I'm an introvert. I can't show up on Instagram or people assume from when I talk to people, people assume that the people who do show up and speak aren't scared to do it or that it's not hard for them. But in reality, it is, you know, you just have to, you just have to do, like, this was something that I wanted to say, and it, I think it's perfect timing. You have to do something that scares you. And even if it's just one tiny thing a day that scares you, like coming onto your story and being like, hey, I'm Lauren, <laughs> you know, like the tiniest piece, ask yourself, like, what is it that scares me? And what can I do today that scares me? And I, 
and I'm that I can do like one tiny step. This was like a powerful question that I actually asked myself. I I'm divorced and I went through a divorce. So I don't know. It's probably seven or eight years ago ish. And when I was on my own, I remember being in my apartment and I I had a board and I had a thing. It was it said do one thing that scares you. And I wrote down every day what I was going to do that scared me. And one of them was like. I think it was wearing something really, you know, something that was uncomfortable I wouldn't normally wear. It was just something as silly as that. And then one of them was, I'm going to go to a, a new CrossFit gym. I hadn't been to a CrossFit gym forever. I'm going to go to a new CrossFit gym. And I did. And I met my husband. You know, like, No I way. I just got chills you. at my whole yeah. body. That is so cool. I don't think the outfit thing is weird at all because I have these outfits that I've purchased that... At the time of purchase, I was like, oh, someday I'll look really cute in this and I'll be confident enough to wear it. And they've just sat there. And then, you know, like there has to come a time when I'm like, just wear the outfit. Why are you not wearing it? So that is a great one. And I might actually implement that. Like wearing certain clothes that make you feel confident can really boost your self-esteem and do good things for your posture and your attitude and all of that. So I love that example. I think it's a great one. Well, and speaking of clothes, I know this is totally flowing with our conversation, but kind of off topic. If your comfort zone, especially if you're work at home, because I have been work at home for a very long time, when I used to do it as a nurse, like I literally would not even bother brushing my teeth or washing my face. And I would stay in my pajamas all day long because I didn't have to see anyone. And you feel, you honestly feel gross. And I would do that for like three days in a row. And uh, once I started kind of shifting my habits. And I didn't necessarily create this amazing morning routine where I light candles. You know, I don't have time for that because I'm a mom and I have three kids, but I do have a morning routine where I shower. Like who's the version of me that has the success and the day and life that I have? Do I shower or do I not shower? Like maybe your comfort zone is, Hey, I'm going to shower every day. I'm going to brush my hair every day. And I'm going to put on like nicer yoga pants. You know what I mean? Like that's, that will absolutely help shift you out of your comfort zone, especially if your comfort zone is to not do that stuff, you know, in the morning. And especially if one of your goals is to maybe do Instagram stories or reels and put your face on camera, you're more likely to do it if you're looking decent. If you haven't showered in three days, it's highly unlikely that you're going to want to get on Instagram stories probably. So that's another reason to just look and feel good. You don't have to go buy new clothes and get all spruced up every day. But I totally agree with you, Lauren, like just feeling good and taking care of yourself can transform your attitude and the way you show up. Like if you have a Zoom call and you your hair is dirty, like <laughs> you just know it. You're kind of like hiding, you know, certain parts. But if you are showered and you feel good and freshly dressed, then it just comes through. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that I wanted to mention earlier around habits is maybe you've gotten into a comfort zone of how you do your day or how you create your content. And 
maybe you don't ever get dressed up and maybe you don't ever put yourself on camera, but maybe there's every Monday you're going to get dressed up and you're going to put on, you don't have to put on makeup, but whatever it is that makes you feel good um, so that you can show on, uh, up on camera comfortably. And then you do a bunch of batching content that that's totally out of your comfort zone. Like, you know, maybe you don't ever batch, but this would be a really good way to combine everything. I'm going to practice getting dressed every day and I'm going to, I'm going to get on camera once a week and I'm going to batch a bunch of content. And I'm just going to show up once and then you can do it and then post it later, you know, just taking one day at a time. Yes, I love that point. And since you brought up batching, this is something I wrote down earlier as you were talking. Um, I love batching. I think there's so much power in batching and I do it like a maniac. (laughs) Like I probably do it to an extreme. (laughs) Um, So you don't have to do that. But I do always encourage people to try it. And I hear so often people say, I don't do batching. Batching doesn't work for me. And I just encourage people to explore that. Why are you saying that? Is it because you truly have like an attention issue or something along those lines? Then I then I get it. And, you know, no argument at all. But if it's just because it's uncomfortable, then I encourage you to try it. Dive into it. If you typically create, I don't know, let's say you make two recipes at a time and then you photograph those if you're a food blogger. Um, try four, like double it and see what happens and push through that discomfort because it is not easy to do that. Like a day of all making food and photographing, your kitchen's an absolute mess. It's a lot of work. You're sweating. But when you're done with it, you've got so much work done. So I always like to encourage people to just like push through that madness and just try it. Mm-hmm. And I think that when it comes to batching or any type of routine, when you've decided you're going to go out of your normal routine, because maybe it's not working for you and you want something different, that just you can create your own system of batching. It doesn't have to be like everyone does it. And I would recommend that you try different types of batching. And I think that it's really important to just think in terms of uh, doing the same type of task. So my batching might look really different than your batching. You know, I tried this whole batching system where I did everything in a week. And while it was amazing and I got a lot done because of my human design, if you're not familiar with your human design, it, it literally burnt me out and I never, I've never been able to do it again. And, and I didn't even know that that was going to happen. So I encourage people to find a batching system that works for them or, you know, a way to do it because you could just have a day where you're doing photographs and a day where you're doing cooking and a day when you're doing writing and a day where you do all of your Canva instead of write the blog post, go to Canva, create the stuff, you know, edit my photos instead of doing all of that in one day where you're not in a like routine of following, like you want to do the same routine because so that your neuro, your neuro pathways it's easier for your neural pathways for you to just do the same type of thing. So if writing's all in the same day, you can do writing all in the same day. Um, but my point is, is that like honor your energy as well, because we all have different energy types and maybe the type of batching that you did didn't feel good because you didn't honor your energy and you didn't try to play around with it and find one that did work if what you're doing right now isn't working, then there's no harm in trying a different way. Not every design has to be repeated, like what you were just saying. My design of batching might not look like yours. And we definitely don't want to get to the point where we're burning out. That is not what I was saying at all. I just feel like we need to maybe push ourselves a little to see how far out of our comfort zone we can go without getting to that point of being like, oh my gosh, I'm never doing that again. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. And, you know, I agree with that, especially as an example on the, I do a lot of my shooting and stuff on the weekends uh, because, you know, my, I have it, my youngest is two. And so I do a lot of my stuff on the weekends when my husband's home and can help take care of him. My older two don't, you know, they don't need me to take care, that much hands on stuff, but I used to be able to shoot like six recipes in one day. And I would have friends be like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I just do. And I got very used to doing it. But then when I kind of, they slowed down, something happened and I slowed down. It's been hard for me to ramp back up to that six. So you kind of have to realize that it's a ramp up period. It may not, it's not going to feel comfortable. Just like you said, doing from two to four isn't going to feel comfortable. But if you continue to do it, just like going to the gym, the first time you pick up, you know, a 20 pound dumbbell to do curls, it's not going to feel good. But the more you do it, the easier it feels. Yeah, it's like a stamina thing. You have to increase your stamina. So if you do like 10 recipe, if you make 10 recipes in a day, and then you go back to making five, it's going to feel like a breeze, right? So maybe slowly like select the two pound weights first and then the five pound right. weights and then the seven and a half pounds. So don't go right to the 20 pound weights, but work up to it. And then if it feels good, if you're not burning out, try to stick around there so that you don't lose all of that stamina. But yes, I totally hear what you're saying on all of that, Lauren. I watched one of your Instagram stories, I believe, and I was like, fist pumping, like, yes, Lauren, this is so good. And this kind of relates to what we're talking about. And it's just that concept of like, looking at our analytics, or maybe not just analytics, but just like our growth, and being dissatisfied, and then just like wishing it were better. And then just being discouraged that it's not. And I did this for a really long time in my blogging journey. I would get so frustrated and just stare at those numbers like, okay, you're going to increase. Come on, you can do it. And I just want to point out what you did, which is you've got to actually take action and do uncomfortable things. So maybe actually dig into those analytics and figure out what isn't working and what is working and make a plan and set a calendar and create recipes and like do the things. So I would love to chat with you and just get your thoughts about that. I think that people need to take a different action. You know, if you're looking at your analytics and it's, and you're like, the, the numbers aren't budging. What, like, why aren't they going up? That means you need to do something different because if you continue to do the same thing that you're doing and you're not seeing results, that means it's not working. Like it's time to switch it up. So try something different. And so, and the whole concept of taking action or the law of action is not that the action that you're taking is going to be the one that moves the needle forward or is the one that makes your traffic go from, you know, 50 visits a day to 100. It may not be that one thing that you did to take action, but it's going to it's going to build up. You're going to get to the place that you're supposed to be at that will eventually lead you to the path that's going to make your analytics go to where you want it to be. And I'm actually, I'm not sure if you saw it was, if it was, I have an IGTV on analytics where I do an, an analytics detox where I take people through five days. It may have been what you've seen. I'm not sure. Where because you, I don't think I saw yeah. that, but I want to watch that. So now. it's a five day thing. And because you know how addictive they can be and you know how yes. unhelpful they are for actually moving the needle forward in your business. Like it is helpful to look at 
every once in a while, you know, you can dedicate a certain amount of time to see what's working, what's not working, where are you getting traffic from. But what analytics is not for is for you to look at every day, because when you're looking at it every day, I guarantee you're not changing what you're doing every day to try and move that needle forward. So I have an analytics detox on there, things that you can do for five days straight instead of focusing on the numbers. And people love it. The people that have done it, they really, really like it. That is such a great idea. And this, oh gosh, this is a message that I've been talking about for a long time too, because I personally saw the difference it made in my life because I was that person who was like sitting on my couch for hours staring at a number. And then one day I was like, what in the world am I doing? This is so ridiculous. Like I could have taken all of those hours and actually done something productive. I mean, I was just like so mad at myself. So then... I stopped. I just cold turkey, set it down. I didn't look at my analytics after that for like a month. And it was super hard, but it felt so good. And I started filling my time with things that were actually productive. I think this is a message we need to hear. And there is good in looking. So like allow yourself an hour a week if that's what you feel you need or would be helpful. But to start weaning if you are one of those people who's just like, what are the numbers? What does it say today? What's it say now? I say only an hour a week if you're actually doing something with it. You know what I mean? So like if you were to look at it as a company, if you were looking at a really large company like Google, they don't look at their analytics every day and go in on like, and, and base changes on it every day. They would take a month's worth of data and be like, okay, this is, this is what we did this month. Here's the data that we see from the stuff that we did like actually go in and learn how to use analytics because there's so many things that you can do in there besides just see how many people came to your blog. You know what I mean? So use it for good when you spend the time on there for an hour, not using it, only speaking from experience going on there and being disappointed about what you see because it's really easy to do that. So unless you're going in there and you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to do when I go into Google Analytics. This is the data I want to see. And I want to see this because this is what I'm going to do differently based off of what I see. That's when it's helpful. It's honestly not helpful to go in there and just be like, oh, my traffic's tanked this month. <laughs> you know, like whatever, whatever thought processes happen. And the same, like when the people that have done this detox and when I did it, When I did this detox, I can't remember when I posted this. It was probably back in July or before then. I haven't gone back to the way that I was since then. And it's been very freeing. And it allowed me to create space to not have these negative feelings because it was almost like this addictive dopamine hit when you would go and it was good. It's just like Instagram likes, you know, you get that hit and you're like, oh, yeah, I did something. It's a small win. And then you go back and then there's nobody on your blog at the current moment. And it's another, you know, it it takes it away and then you want it again. And it's a re- it's a cycle. Um, but when you create the space to replace that energy and time with something good, that's when you start moving the needle forward. Just like you said, staring at the numbers, that's not going to do anything. But there's a lot of other things that you can be doing in the amount of time that you're probably spending and clicking on your analytics. Where can people find that? Do you still have that? You said you had it in IGTV? Yeah, yeah. I, there's a series in IGTV. I, they kind of change the way it looks when you go into your profile grid. And if you just go to at Lauren.Runyon and then click into where, you know, you see people's IGTV and, or like their videos. And there's a series that's called Google Analytics Detox. Oh, I think that if you're listening and this is like an issue for you, um, try it. Just go try 
go look at Lauren's videos and try it. Don't you feel like um, this is something that bloggers really resist? I've heard people say things like, oh, I could never, like, it's just like out of the question. Like, oh, I could never stay away from Google Analytics for a week. People are so resistant. It should be a weekly or monthly thing. That's what I hear from the people who are not like addicted as, you know, from a blogging standpoint, but from people who help not just food bloggers, but any bloggers or anyone who would need to go into their analytics, they do not say to check it every week or every month. Because if you can tell me what you're doing different in your business based off of what you see, then maybe I agree with you checking it. But if you aren't doing anything based off the data that you're seeing, then there is absolutely zero reason for you to go in and check your analytics that often. Amen to that. I completely agree. What else do you think, Lauren? Are there other ways along the lines of blog traction and just acquiring new skills that people can get out of their comfort zones? I feel like we've covered a lot. We have. We have covered a lot. And I think that the main thing you could do is to sit down and ask yourself, are you reaching your goals? Am I reaching the goals that I have with my blog? And if you're not reaching your goals, then it's time to sit down and see what areas that you, you know, you're probably reaching them in some ways. Or maybe you need to assess if you're reaching your goals slowly and and you're not celebrating the little milestones, but are you reaching your goals? And if you're not, then there's probably a comfort zone that you need to step out of. As I was talking, just one other thing that came to me that you may have this comfort around is the amount of time that you think that it's going to take for your blog to succeed. Are you willing to get out of your comfort zone of how long this may take, how long your dream may take? Because maybe it's going to take a year, maybe it's going to take three years. But if this is what is meant for you, then you need to get uncomfortable or get comfortable being uncomfortable with how long this may take. And just dropping the preconceived notions that you might have, because I do agree, I think that everyone has kind of an idea about how long they think it should take them to, quote, be successful. And then when that doesn't happen, there's massive frustration and honestly, some panic. Just dropping that and being willing to extend your time or shorten it or whatever it is that would make you uncomfortable, like almost put yourself in that scenario. Like if you have an idea in your mind that it's going to take you two years to do whatever X with your business, So in your mind, just think about, okay, what if it actually took me like seven years? Yeah. How do you feel about that? And just trying to sit with that and get comfortable with that idea. Yeah, I like that. And that is not comfortable for a lot of us (laughs) because we're like, wait, I wanted two years. So I get it. I mean, I totally get it because we do this to make money and to get our freedoms and get all those things that we get into it for. So when we have to sit with a time like that, that makes us really jittery, I totally get it. That's like probably the most uncomfortable thing that we've talked about today, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Okay. We've talked about a lot. So thanks for joining me, Lauren. This was so fun. I always love talking to you. And I think this is a really important piece of the series that we're doing. So Love it. In the next episode, we're going to talk about people, which is maybe like a close second after money for me. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What is What has been your favorite and what's your favorite topic of all of these to talk about? The money. but And then I didn't think, you know, you kept saying that people was your favorite. And then the more I thought about it, I'm like, you know, this is really important. 
And I have never thought about how important it is that you kind of take an active role in the people in your life and the comfort zone. So I I love our first episode, but the money and then the people and this one turned out amazing. So you know what? They're all amazing. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I agree. So stay tuned for the people episode. That one's going to be really great too. And yeah, we'll see you in the next one. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.